0: Book six, chapter four, of the Boys and Girls Pliny by Pliny the Elder. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Dolphins, the swiftest not only of the sea animals but of all animals whatever, is the dolphin. Footnote: In his description of the dolphin, Pliny has confused the peculiarities of the seal the porpoise the flying-fish and the squalus with those of the dolphin he is more rapid in his movements than a bird more swift than the flight of an arrow and were it not for the fact that his mouth is much below his muzzle almost indeed in the middle of the belly not a fish would be able to escape his pursuit but nature in her prudence has thrown certain impediments in his way, for unless he turns and throws himself on his back, he can seize nothing, and it is this circumstance more especially that gives proof of his extraordinary swiftness. For if pressed by hunger, he will follow a fish, as it flies down, to the very bottom of the water, and then, after holding his breath thus long, will dart again to the surface to breathe. With the speed of an arrow discharged from a bow, and often, on such occasions, he is known to leap out of the water with such a bound as to fly right over the sails of a ship. Dolphins generally go in couples. They suckle their young like the balina, and even carry them during the weakness of infancy, in addition to which they accompany them long after they are grown up, so great is their affection for their progeny the young ones grow very speedily and in ten years arrive at their full size the dolphin lives thirty years a fact that has been ascertained from cutting marks on the tail by way of experiment it conceals itself for thirty days at about the rising of the dog-star so effectually that it is not known whither it goes a thing the more surprising as it is unable to breathe under water. Dolphins are in the habit of darting upon the shore for some unknown reason. The tongue, contrary to the nature of aquatic animals in general, is movable, being short and broad, not much unlike that of the pig. Instead of a voice, they emit a moaning sound similar to that made by a human being the back is arched, and the nose turned up. For this reason, they all recognize in a most surprising manner the name of Simo, and prefer to be called by that rather than by any other. He implies that the dolphin knows that it is Simus, or flat-nosed, for which reason it is particularly fond of being called Simo, or flat nose. A piece of good taste and intelligence remarkable even in a dolphin End of footnote. the dolphin is an animal not only friendly to man but a lover of music as well he is charmed by melodious concerts especially by the notes of the water-organ he does not dread man as though a stranger to him but comes to meet ships leaps and bounds to and fro vies with them in swiftness and passes them when in full sail in the reign of the late emperor augustus a dolphin which had been carried to the lucrine lake conceived a most wonderful affection for the child of a certain poor man who was in the habit of going that way from baye to puteoli to school and who used to stop there in the middle of the day call him by his name of simo and would often entice him to the banks of the lake with pieces of bread which he carried for the purpose i should really have felt ashamed to mention this had not the incident been stated in writing in the works of Messinas, fabianus flavius alpheus and many others at whatever hour of the day he might happen to be called by the boy and although hidden and out of sight at the bottom of the water he would instantly fly to the surface, and, after feeding from his hand, would present his back for him to mount, taking care to conceal the spiny projection of his fins in their sheath, as it were, and so, sportively taking him up on his back, he would carry him over a wide expanse of sea to the school at Puteoli, and in a similar manner bring him back again this happened for several years until at last the boy happened to fall ill of some malady and died the dolphin came again and again to the spot as usual with a sorrowful air and manifesting every sign of deep affliction until at last a thing of which no one felt the slightest doubt he died purely of sorrow and regret Within a few years another dolphin at Hippo on the coast of Africa, in a similar manner used to receive his food from the hands of various persons, present himself for their caresses, sport about among the swimmers, and carry them on his back. On being rubbed with unguents by Flavianus, the proconsul of Africa, he was lulled to sleep, as it appeared, by the sensation of an odor so new to him, and floated about just as though he had been dead. For some months after this, he carefully avoided all intercourse with man, as though he had received some affront or other. But at the end of that time he returned, and afforded the same wonderful scenes as before. At last, the vexations that were caused them by having to entertain so many influential men who came to see this sight, compelled the people of Hippo to put the animal to death. Before this, there was a similar story told of a child at the city of Iesus for whom a dolphin was long observed to have conceived a most ardent affection, until one day the animal, eagerly following him as he was making for the shore, was carried by the tide on the sands and there expired alexander the great appointed this boy high priest of neptune at babylon interpreting this extraordinary attachment as a convincing proof of the favor of that divinity hedgesidamus informs us that in the same city of Iasus there was a boy hermias by name who in a similar manner used to traverse the sea on a dolphin's back, but that on one occasion, a tempest suddenly arising, he lost his life, and was brought back dead, upon which the dolphin, who thus admitted that he had been the cause of his death, would not return to the sea, but lay down upon the dry land, and there expired. Theophrastus tells us that the very same thing happened at Nopactus, nor in fact is there any limit to similar instances. The Amphilochians and the Tarentines have similar stories about children and dolphins, and all these give an air of credibility to the one that is told of Arion, the famous performer on the lyre. The mariners being on the point of throwing him into the sea, for the purpose of taking possession of the money he had earned, he prevailed upon them to allow him one more song, accompanied with the music of his lyre. The melody attracted numbers of dolphins around the ship, and upon throwing himself into the sea, he was taken up by one of them, and borne in safety to the shore of the promontory of Tenarum. Footnote Ovid tells the story of Arion more fully and in beautiful language in the Fasti, Book Two, One Ninety Two, and the footnote. There is in the province of Gallia Narbonensis and in the territory of Numises a lake known by the name of Latira, where dolphins fish in company with men, at the narrow outlet of this lake at stated seasons of the year innumerable multitudes of mullets make their way into the sea taking advantage of the turn of the tide hence it is quite impossible to employ nets sufficiently strong to bear so vast a weight even though the fish had not the instinctive shrewdness to watch their opportunity by a similar instinct the fish immediately make with all speed towards the deep water which is found in a gulf in that vicinity and hasten to escape from the only spot that is at all convenient for spreading the nets as soon as the fishermen perceive this all the people for great multitudes resort thither being well aware of the proper time and especially desirous of sharing in the amusement shout out as loud as they can and summon simo to the scene of action the dolphins very quickly understand that they are in requisition as a northeast wind speedily carries the sound to their retreats though a south one would somewhat retard it by carrying it in an opposite direction even then however sooner than you could have possibly supposed there are the dolphins in all readiness to assist They are seen approaching in haste in battle array and immediately taking up their position when the engagement is about to take place they cut off all escape to the open sea and drive the terrified fish into shallow water the fishermen then throw their nets holding them up at the sides with forks though the mullets with inconceivable agility instantly leap over them while the dolphins on the other hand Are waiting in readiness to receive them and content themselves for the present with killing them only postponing all thoughts of eating till after they have secured the victory the battle waxes hot apace and the dolphins pressing on with the greatest vigor readily allow themselves to be enclosed in the nets but in order that the fact of their being thus enclosed may not urge the enemy to find additional means of flight they glide along so stealthily among the boats and nets or else the swimmers as not to leave them any opening for escape not one among them attempts to make its escape by leaping which at other times is their favorite amusement except when the nets are purposely lowered for it and even after it has come out it continues the battle as it were up to the very ramparts at last when the capture is now completed they devour those among the fish which they have killed but being well aware that they have given too active an assistance to be repaid with only one day's reward they take care to wait there till the following day when they are filled not only with fish but bread-crumbs soaked in wine the account which mucianus gives of a similar mode of fishing in the aeacian gulf differs from the preceding one in the fact that there the dolphins make their appearance of their own accord, and do not require to be called. They receive their share from the hands of the people, each boat having its own particular associate among the dolphins, and this although the fishing is carried on at night-time by the light of torches. Dolphins also form among themselves a sort of general community once when one of them had been captured by a king of caria and chained up in the harbor great multitudes of dolphins assembled at the spot and with signs of sorrow which could not be misunderstood appealed to the sympathies of the people until at last the king ordered it to be released the young dolphins are always attended by a larger one who acts as a guardian to them and before now they have been seen carrying off the body of one which had died that it might not be devoured by the sea-monsters chapter four